And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday. As we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts, we travel to understand the things the Lord requires of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, enter Philip, the original seven, one of the original seven deacons from Acts 5. The book of Acts follows the Acts of the Apostles, the deacons, winners, and losers. Philip was a powerful proclaimer of the gospel. The people listened to him. Now hold on here. Because he spoke so fantastically. He must have had a stellar personality because many people listened to him and they were in awe. After all, people flock to the pretty people, don't they? Yeah, not the godly. The godly flock to where God is. When the power of God is there, people listen. Next, the enemy was being driven out. Sickness was on the run, and the people were filled with great joy. The world was changing before their eyes in the book of Acts. Was it the Green New Deal? No. Was it uh, lower gas prices? No. Boy, I wish, but no. Was it the defeat of the Roman Empire right there in front of their eyes? No, not so much. It was the power of the gospel beating back the devil and curing people's diseases. It was the gospel bringing hope in dark times. And finally, Simon the Sorcerer. Every phony needs a nifty nickname. This dude was fooling people into believing he was Wayne Gretzky with people calling him the Great One. But it was all smoke and mirrors. He used deception to proclaim greatness. My, oh, my, he must have been a politician. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanity is annoyve. So much more. Hey, 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 how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. We're asking you, what do you think? You can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. There's not that much funny I can say with a, with a you know, a email name. It's just like david at hemust. There's only so much you can do. The routines are limited. You can also text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you end up talking to Captain Chris. That's like having a back alignment that works. And then you will be... Sailing, 
That's right. We spare no expense, and we spend no expense. We are very thrifty. Bottom line, if you have an opinion, a thought, a comment, or a question, this is a great opportunity to utilize that connection that you have with the show. It could be a prayer request or a praise report. It could be an answer to trivia. We'll get to that in a second. But the idea behind this is for us to support one another and strengthen one another as we see the day approaching. And all you have to do is look up and you can tell the day is getting closer. So while the day is getting closer, let's strengthen one another and encourage one another as often as we can. Let's be a blessing to one another. Let's carry burdens with each other. And let's reflect the image of Jesus Christ, glory by glory. Now, like I said, you can do praise reports. We love those. Started our show with a praise report. We also, by the way, love to pray. Prayer, when you pray and we collectively pray and there's an answer, everybody shares. It's awesome. It's like such a great thing. And then we do Bible trivia, a little goofier, but it's fun. Here it is. Which of Lazarus's two sisters was busy preparing a meal while the other listened to Jesus? If you think you know the answer, and you should know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. So the question is pretty straightforward. Which of Lazarus's two sisters, he had two sisters, we got that, was busy preparing a meal while the other listened to Jesus? Which one was busy, busying about, scurrying about, and doing all of those things? Before we get to the answer, we are going to lift up our prayer for our country as well as Ukraine. Then we'll come back and do the answer. So let's pray. We collectively do this together. Father, we come before you right now and thank you and praise you for such wonderful, powerful answers to prayers that people have been sharing. Just awesome, Lord. You're so cool. We love you. You are great. We lift up our own country. Please have mercy on this country. That's what we pray. Have mercy. However you got to send it, however it's got to come about, that we might be a nation that fears you. And Lord, for Ukraine, bring about peace and the and the explosion of the gospel we heard yesterday somebody sharing samson our brother sharing that the gospel is being spread and we are so blessed by that we pray you protect people and protect those people who have put their lives on the line and let the truth of the glory of the gospel of peace be proclaimed may your name be honored in all of this may jesus be glorified jesus may you be glorified in every bit of this We lift it all up. We entrust ourselves to you. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus with help from the Holy Spirit. And thank you for it all. Amen and amen. Okay, so uh, we do have somebody ready to answer the trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, this is Will Rogers. And I say amen and amen to your prayer. Thank you, brother. And I appreciate that. We're in agreement. So that is powerful indeed before the Lord. All right, here you go. You got two sisters. See, Lazarus seems like a great guy, doesn't he? He really comes off in Scripture like a super-duper cool guy. He's got these two sisters. One is busy going, you know, put this on the table. Do that. You know, did you ever do that? Your mom said, put this on the table. (laughs) Fold up the napkins. Put the forks over there. That's what she's doing. The other one's listening to Jesus. What's the name of the one that was busy preparing? That would have been Martha. That is correct, sir! 
That'd have been Martha. My mom did that when we were younger. She would be like, you, go over there. You, do this. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard that. My mom did that. I'm used to that. <laughs> How has your day been, sir? Uh, it's hot. <laughs> Other than that, it's great. That's a good answer. Man, I, <laughs> I'm good. looking forward to the fact that I'm not going to hell, man. This is visible. <laughs> That's it. If this is hot, this is hot enough, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. Great job. Thank you so much. Excellent work. And you have a blessed day, sir. All right. Thank you. God bless. <laughs> That's great. Uh, this is hot. Oh, my. <laughs> this is right. Sunblock 100 ain't going to help. Uh, okay. Let's get to it. Uh, we have to do our famous and very, very expensive uh, sound clip for our expository. So everybody stand back. Don't don't be overwhelmed by this. Here we go. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. All I can say is wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. All I can say is wow. What did that cost us? About a, a, a penny? You think? Maybe? No, not about really. About 30. Okay. <laughs> about 350. <laughs> if anybody gets that joke, you're one of us. It's about 350. Okay. <laughs> yeah, All right, here we go. Acts chapter, I don't even know where we are. We're in chapter 8, and we're at verse 5. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Christ, about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to what he had to say because of the miracles he did. Many evil spirits were cast out screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or uh, lame were healed. So there's great joy in the city. All right, let's just deal with that one little part right there. Because in society, we have an entire industry, I mean a full onslaught industry of people that follow people. You have that on radio. You got that on uh, television. You got that in books. So it's not like a new thing. Uh, you've got that on the internet. You've got that on social media and all these different uh, elements. And many times, if you noticed, I mean, we used to have a, an entire show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. You know, everybody was so happy about caviar dreams or whatever that whole, you know, the limousines and caviar dreams, whatever that is. Here's the thing. The thing is people uh, tend to gravitate to, it, it, when they're in the worldly realm, they tend to gravitate to people that are pretty, people that are interesting, people that are you know pulling them in, so to speak. Here you have Philip, who's one of the original deacons that we talked about earlier in Acts chapter 6, verse 5, and he's preaching to the people about Jesus. He's not preaching traditions. He's not preaching religion. He's not preaching rules. He's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus. He preached Christ. I think that's really an important point because you don't come in there and go, here's the Ten Commandments of the new church, and here's the 15 suggestions from our church, and here's the rules and traditions. Jesus. Remember what Paul said in Philippians 1? I just Jesus is preached. It's all I care about. And so he's preaching Jesus, and it says they listened intently to what he said because of the miracles. He didn't speak well. That was kind of a sarcasm-y kind of thing. Or, yeah, no sarcasm. That's it. He, didn't, he wasn't brilliant. He didn't look fantastic. He didn't have a stage behind him. He didn't have people fanning behind him. 
You know what he did? He talked about Jesus. He prayed for people, and people got well. And then people paid attention. Isn't that amazing? How uh, I know that the, uh, much many in the church are like, well, that doesn't happen today. Why not? It's not even, why not? If the gospel's being preached, why not? Why? What's the difference if the Lord heals people right then and there? There's more healings going on outside of this country than have ever happened inside this country by, by 50 to 1, if not 1,000 to 1. And so he's talking, miracles are happening, people are listening. It would tend to get your attention if somebody got healed right in front of you. You'd be like, okay think I'll listen. That's the big deal. He was sharing about Jesus, and miracles were coming behind it. Were every one of those miracles, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat? No, Bullwinkle, it was not. But he was ministering to the people, loving on them, and we're going to get into how he did that, what that manifestation was. But in him doing it, he was proclaiming the name of Christ. He wasn't taking any credit for himself. He was pointing to Jesus, and people were watching and hearing. That's, that's the gospel. Redemption and lift. Talk about that down the road. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. This is one of the first verses in my Christian faith that I learned, which is, you know, it's, you don't think about it, but when I first became a Christian, people would share this verse with me. I didn't know why. I was going to find out why, because God was going to set me free from a lot of drug use, but I didn't know then what was going on. I was like, oh, I keep hearing this verse. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. The freedom for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So now in our society, you say the word slavery, and people start going, and then everybody starts freaking out. You know what? We're never going to change what the gospel is, and the gospel is the reality, the truth. We're not going to alter it for culture. We're not going to say it differently so people aren't offended. If you're offended, turn the radio off. Okay? That's your answer. You've got fingers. Use them. Here's our, you've got the ability to turn it on. You've got the ability to turn it off. Here's the bottom line. Every one of us, every one of us before Jesus Christ was in bondage to sin. Every one of us. Now that we are in Jesus Christ, we are free from the penalty of that sin, and the Lord is working in us the process to overcome that sin practically. We've talked about it multiple times. You need to understand salvation from a little bit of a, you know, smart, not smart, um, multiple scripture point of view. Scriptures talk about salvation being past tense. Scripture talks about salvation being present tense. And scripture talks about salvation being future tense. But the only way that could happen is if, watch this, salvation is past tense, present tense, and future tense. <laughs> See, it's the only way it can happen is 
because that's what it says. And so in that, we need to understand that from the past point of view, we are free from the penalty of sin. Yay! Currently, we're going through what is called sanctification, where we're being delivered. We're delivered from the power of sin, and we're learning in our own lives. We don't have to live for sin. And then eventually, when we're with the Lord forever and ever, we will be free from the presence of sin, and there won't be any evil, any bad, any yucky. Okay? Cool. In the meantime, while the justification, while the penalty for sin is done, while the freedom is there, the sanctification process is the one where he makes you look like Jesus, now that he's pronounced you to be like Jesus, and that's the one you got to fight through. That's the one that you have to go, you know what, I'm free. I just don't have to do that. I don't have to. That, therefore, becomes a responsibility because the scripture says, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery, which means that you can. But if you do, it'll be your choice. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, getting ready for our next trivia question. You know, I've probably sent off 20 flares from people getting offended. Today, but that's all right. You know, it's, I mean, that's okay. Just use what the Lord is teaching you. Let it become a part of your process and draw closer to him. True or false, Jesus had a half-brother named Simon. True or false? If you really want to nail that down, go to Mark chapter 6. That's the only hint you're going to get because that's where it talks about it. Uh, if you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at he must increase org. We are going to try something a little new. <laughs> are you ready for these ones? Yeah, you think you're ready for these ones? These are kind of okay. I got my buzzer. You you really like that buzzer, don't you? I'm just saying. Just like, all right. There are uh, a couple of phrases I'm going to use. These are football faith phrases. Say that fast sixteen times. Football faith phrases. <laughs> football faith phrases. Okay. Are you ready? She's <laughs> looking at me like, why are you doing this? Why not? That's all I can say. You wouldn't believe the stuff I can find on the, It's amazing. These are football faith phrases. Okay. Pass interference. A parent moving between two teens in a pew to halt the flow of notes back and forth during the sermon. Come on. That's pretty good. Quarterback sneak, how the pastor gets from the pulpit to the rear door during a benediction. Like, <laughs> that's really good. Rain delay, baptism. Okay. Uh, okay. Sudden death, the penalty to the pastor who preaches more than 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, time out. That's refreshment time in the fellowship hall. That's what that is right there. Two-minute warning. The point at which you realize the sermon is almost over and begin to gather up your children and the belongings. <laughs> Gosh, that is so funny. I don't care what anybody says. That's hilarious. 
Uh, unsportsmanlike conduct usually takes place at a committee meeting to decide the color of carpet or some other stupid thing. <laughs> uh, bench warmer. <laughs> I love this. Bench warmer. Those who do not sing, pray, work, or do anything but sit down. <laughs> That's pretty good right there. And then uh, we'll just end it with this one. Uh, backfield in motion. That's making a trip to the back, restroom or water fountain during the service. That's what that's called. Those were pretty good, yeah? Okay. It's kind of an interesting. I got another little group of them. They're funny. All right. And if you don't think, if you don't know any football terms, just trust me. They're funny. Okay. Okay. True or false, Jesus had a half-brother named Simon. Your answer would definitively be in, I think it would be in, what did I say it would be? It would be in Mark chapter 6. Okay, that's where I said it would be. So that's the answer to that. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, David, at hemusincrease.org. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but I want you to catch it. It's really interesting information from an America political point of view. It should give you a little bit of insight as to why mostly on this show, I'd say, what, we do, what do we do politics? Like 5% maybe, maybe in that ballpark? Pretty low, right? That's pretty low. Politics, poly, many ticks, blood-sucking insects. That's all you got to remember. Uh, here is what uh, happened. Philip, for example, we talked about, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Christ. He preached Christ. Crowds listened intently to what he had to say because of the miracles he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. I think what happens is that in our society, in our American realm of society, we think that there is going to be either a program or a government, an individual or a group, all right? So now you had the squad, right? Now you have the quad. That's what they have. There's a new group called the quad. It's a squad and quad. It's like really... Wow. And so uh, people like the New Green Deal, that's going to be the solution to life. Uh, This is going to be the solution to life. No, no. Uh, Everybody uh, being conservative is going to be the solution to life. And I get it. I I get it. And I understand it. And for those that are conservative and hardworking, there's a a stronger uh, push uh, that their sweat and their labor meant something or mean something. And so there's that's a big part of the fight. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. None of that is the gospel. And I just cannot stress enough that if you think that is the gospel, you are sorely mistaken. You do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God, which is exactly what Jesus said to the Sadducees. You see, even in a place like Samaria, still under Roman control, who still the darkness of the of the and the weight of the political landscape was if you step out of line in our realm, we'll cut your head off. We'll hang you in a second. They didn't care. Completely, completely different. And 
this city that had a lot of darkness, a lot of frustration, a lot of bad things happening, had turned into a place of joy because the gospel was being proclaimed, demonic spirits were being cast out. Yes, demonic spirits still exist today. I don't know why people think they, oh, they all left. What? Anyway, and then the other part of that is that the lame were being healed, and there was great joy in the city. This wasn't because the empire of Rome was being dissolved in front of their eyes. It was because the gospel was being proclaimed, because the gospel brings hope in dark times. Not a movement, God's movement. You know, they talk uh, in, in church history, they talk about different waves, of, so some people do, in different waves of different movements uh, of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if there's been one wave, two waves, three waves, ten waves, a hundred waves, fifty waves. Who knows? Here's what I know. Whenever the gospel is proclaimed and people are getting saved and touched by God, there's joy. Whether it's in a home or a city or a state or a country, doesn't matter. Because the gospel brings hope. And people that are getting beat up by the devil and getting beat up by diseases have a place to go. I just want to make sure everybody understands this. No government has the ability to resurrect anybody. Just put that on the table. (laughs) Well, they're not a major government power. They couldn't resurrect anybody anyway. The resurrection, the, the ability to take a dead person and not just reanimate, because we have such fancy words, but to give them back to life where they would never die again, rests solely in the hand of God. And don't tell me putting somebody's brain in a computer and then having that brain last 100 years is a resurrection or eternal life, okay? Because no, it ain't. It's a fantasy and it's ridiculous and and. and even if they get to that point, which we won't, we'll blow up way before them, or the Lord will come back way before them. The idea behind it is that that's not resurrection. A man has always tried to cloak what God has done at the devil's urging, which is why little G, the government, tries to act like big G, God, because the devil is in the works. Get it? All right. Joy comes from the gospel. Dark times are dissolved by the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Hope from disease and from the devil beating people up comes from the hand of God. That is what we're supposed to take with us everywhere we go. Okay? All right. Uh, Trivia? Okay. Forgot about trivia. Uh, The answer is true. True. The answer is true. I should have probably said that before, huh? The answer is true. What was the question? The question was, true or false, Jesus had a half-brother named Simon. True. Okay. Mark chapter 6, verse 3. That's the verse. Thanks, Kevin Chris. Saved my life right there. He threw me a, a rat. He threw me a little, like, what is the things? A thing? What was it? Life preserver? Yeah. Yeah. Life preserver. The things with a hole in it. Which is like, it has a hole in it. Anyway, <laughs> take our break and go back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. 
Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. The David Spoon Experience. And that hope that is offered to us is something that's supposed to greatly encourage us. Uh, Jesus brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Through the gospel that Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and three days later he rose again. And by faith in the testimony of God, you can live forever. That hope is offered to us. If that hope is offered to you and you have not yet accepted, acknowledged, and surrendered to it, I ask you to do so right this second. I don't even care if you do a fancy prayer. Just say, God, save me in Jesus' name. You will be saved. If you believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross, was buried three days later, he rose again, and you surrender your heart to Jesus Christ, turning from where you were and turning to him, you will find life right now. You might be out there thinking, there's no way it can be that easy. Wrong, but you have to receive it. You have to surrender to it. You have to acknowledge God's testimony and say yes to Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter what your friends say. Doesn't matter what any other family member says. It only matters for your decision before God in regards to his testimony relating to Jesus Christ and your sins. And that's the hope that is offered to us. And we can be greatly encouraged by that. And that hope is an anchor to our soul. That anchor makes it so that even if the winds are heavy and the waves are intense, we don't get tossed and lost. That there is some stability. That there is some, there is some strength. And you can't be like those people that have no hope. They have, they're, they're, oh, all there is is this life and there's nothing else. That's why they're trying to sin their brains out because they don't think there's anything else left. But they're going to die and face God. And he's going to ask regarding his, his account that he's given in relationship to Jesus Christ. And they're going to have to answer. And if they have rejected, then they will be as they have placed themselves as people with no hope. But if you're a person that has not made that decision to say yes to Jesus Christ, make that decision right now. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're getting ready to offer up our next trivia question. Who did the patriarch Abraham commission to find a wife for his son Isaac? Who did the patriarch Abraham commission to find a wife for his son, Isaac? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 
210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. It is here that we send you to the website. The reason that we do that is pretty straightforward. It is the main place for us to receive donations. We're 100% uh, nonprofit tax deductible charity. I guess we're a charity. They actually call us private foundations. We're trying to get that switch. But the bottom line is you get a receipt. You don't get a special penny. You don't get an anointed Bible. You don't get a little giraffe in your in your uh, yard. You know. You don't get a blow up anything. You get nothing. You get a receipt, and you help us move it along. That's the goal. If that's you're into that and you're with us in that, awesome. If not, pray for us. Because if you don't, I'm going to cry, and you won't like that. Bottom line, go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. Wait, that's it? Wait, that was it? I'm still writing in my book. How can that be it? That was all of it? That's all right, you, you just wait. You'll see. Okay. That's Scooby-Doo, by the way. When he wasn't happy with Shaggy, he would go, I uh, Who did the patriarch Abraham commission to find for a wife for his son Isaac? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. We're not looking for a perfect title or anything, so just, you know, like, the ballpark is uh, is fine. Uh, we are, we do have somebody who's calling in. We will take that call prior to doing our history. We just think that's probably a good idea. So let's uh, go ahead and send him on through and take care of this trivia question. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, knock, knock. This is Samson. <laughs> hey, brother. What's happening? Hey, uh, not much. All right. You ready for yeah. this one now? Who did the patriarch Abraham commission to find a wife for his son, Isaac. Eliezer. Say that again? Eliezer. <laughs> I'm not understanding it. Say it clear. Okay, Eliezer. Not, still not. You're not coming through clear. Oh, okay. Maybe my phone is just was it jacked up. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> who, who, what was, what, who was it who did it? Well, that was his servant that he sent it to him, and his name was Eliezer. There you go! Okay! Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Got to work on that phone. That's all right. Don't worry about it. How you doing? You seem a little down. You doing okay. all right? Hey, uh, I want you to uh, to pray for me. My my wisdom trees are just uh, giving me some pain right now. Okay. And, and is that because you have so much wisdom it's pushing your teeth out? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. All right. We got. A, we lost him. Well, let's pray for Samson. He's got a wisdom tooth problem. He didn't laugh at that joke, so I can tell he's in pain. <laughs> so, well, so are all of you for hearing it. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. Lift up our brother to you. He's got a wisdom tooth problem. We're just asking you to give him some relief. Lord, he's been going through a tough time. 
And every one of us who, who can hear my voice, we know what that's like. And we've gone through it, and we're going through it. We just ask you to cheer him up. Pour your joy into his heart. Pour your, pour your laughter into his heart. Pour your healing into his heart. He goes through one thing after another after another, and it beats a person down after a while. We ask you just to give him the ability to put a new song in his mouth, put his feet upon the rock and a new song in his heart, and let him sing to your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, we'll go there. That'll be good. Uh, history. Let's fire off to history. Let's go. All right, today is Pink Flamingo Day. <laughs> Those were the people from the yards, you know, Pink Flamingo, right? All right. All right. You know, it's like a Miami Vice thing, you know, when they had all the, I'm just, somehow putting a pink flamingo in front of a house made the house feel like it was more like it was in Florida or something there. Uh, today is also Typewriter Day. They still have those? <laughs> Museums, probably. Okay. Uh, today is National Pecan Sandy Day. Okay, got that. Pecan right, Sandies, yeah. those are good. And then today is Let It Go. So you know what? Just forget about it. I'm letting it go. That's the day it is. Let it go. On this day in 1846, saxophone patented by the Belgium instrument maker Adolf Sax was patented. Uh, in 1860, on this day, United States Secret Service is established by the United States Congress. And then in 1950, on this day, the Yankees and Tigers combined for a total of 11 home runs in a single baseball game. How can that even be interesting anymore? That happens all the time now. That's an old one. Get rid of that. And then in 1989, now I like this because it's the original with Michael Keaton, so I don't want to hear nothing about it, but the original Batman movie was released. Now I like it. I'm just one of those people now. And they ruined all the superhero stuff. So mean. All right, uh, let's get back to our text. Anything else we got to cover? I hope not. Good. All right, let's get back to text as we go into Simon. Uh, verse 9 out of Acts chapter 8. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, claiming to be someone great. The Samaritan people from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one. Wow. The power of God. He had he was very influential because of the magic he performed. But now the people believed Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something about Simon. There's a lot you probably do not know about Simon the sorcerer, so I'm going to give you some information. He was known as the sorcerer. He was one of the main heretics of the church. He was one of the fathers of Gnosticism, which means this, that what he did was preached a gospel later on that meant no flesh Christ. In other words, Jesus was never in the flesh. No actual faith and no actual obedience. How about that? Wait a minute. The term simony or simony, simony is what it is a term from the Middle Ages is buying and selling church positions. Comes from Simon. Wow, right? The real translation of this guy's thinking is having the benefits of Christ without the sacrifice. I want all the benefits, I want none of the problems. That's the add on to Christianity. Here's the deal. The deal is, is that Simon the sorcerer 
pretended to be somebody really great and concerned about the people and used magic, and here we would understand magic more than sorcery, as sleight of hand. Uh Uh-oh, where is this leading? I don't know. Who uses sleight of hand and then pretends to be committed to the people but is actually just lying through their teeth? Well, it wasn't Captain Kangaroo, but it could be some people who proclaim to be leaders but know nothing of service. The idea behind Simon being a bad guy is Simon wanted the opportunity to peddle the gospel. And then if we don't think there are Simons around today, we are incorrect. They exist. Though it might be harder now because we have a lot more observational powers and observational abilities. The idea is that back then in the church age, in the early church age, he was a powerful force in Samaria, and people thought he was the power of God because he deceived them. And it's like, wow. This would be the best argument, one of the best arguments, for understanding why the scriptures were brought about the way they were, as they are the plumb line for us to understand what is truth and what is not. There are people that will use all kinds of wisdom and tricks to try and get us to think that they're super important or super significant, and yet this guy was at the cornerstone of buying and selling church positions, all because they wanted Christianity without the ouch. You want to be like Jesus? You'll find out as we go through 1 Peter, as we go through Hebrews, as we go through 1 John, as we go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that suffering connects us to Jesus Christ. Does that mean you have to go through your whole life suffering every moment? No. But it's not a full-on avoidance either. When we get back, we'll kind of look at what happened because it got squirrely really fast there. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. What is the David Spoon experience? Then he says this, don't be afraid. 
Why should you not be afraid? Because what fear does is immobilizes a person, stops them from moving forward, and it also eats away at faith. Fear has this way. It's kind of like if you think of faith as, uh, I'll do this now, as uh, uh, chocolate ice cream that has peanut butter in it, okay? Uh, That's faith, okay? Fear is like somebody drilling a hole underneath and then taking a little spoon and then pulling some of that faith down, a little scoop by scoop by scoop by scoop. And you don't want your faith reduced because God requires faith to us to engage with him in. That's his requirement. That's the vehicle by which he has chosen to engage with humanity. You don't think God could have said, it's me, you're going to believe, or I'm going to turn you into a fish. I mean, you don't think God could have done that? But he chose the vehicle of faith because that's what he wanted from those that would come to him. A confidence, an assurance in the goodness of God. So Jesus, the first thing he says, ignore it. Don't be afraid of it. And then he does this one radically crazy, nutsy, cuckoo line. Just believe. And we use that in movies and in books and in fairy tales and all that stuff. We're not talking about any of that stuff. This is believing, looking at a situation just like Abraham did, just like we talked yesterday, how Abraham looked at the circumstance, didn't deny he was old, didn't deny he was past childbearing, and said, I'm just going to believe God anyway. Uh, That attitude of just believe, it's taking a stand in the framework of your faith that says, I'm not moving. Here I am. Call me Bulldog. I'm right here. I'm not going nowhere. My faith is solid. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, as we get ready to offer up our last trivia question. Which member of the family did the last plague of Egypt kill? Ooh, Ooh, a little grim there, right? Which member of the family did the last plague of Egypt kill? That's the question. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, David, at he must org. Okay? Make sure that you kind of know where it is. If you're kind of guessing or you kind of think, yeah, I think I know, blah, 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 check it out. You know it's in Exodus, and you know it's under the last plague. So shouldn't be that difficult to find. I'll leave it one more time, and then we'll get back into what we're doing. Which member of the family did the last plague of Egypt kill we do have somebody uh calling in and uh, don't forget that if you ever call in and you're like you're not that sure we do a pretty good job of getting you there we're not you know the idea is for all of us to learn together like how many times am i going to forget about timothy and lois and eunice now that i got that backwards and captain uh, chris came to the rescue right i mean that'll never happen lois grandmother lois grandmother lois grandmother eunice mommy eunice mommy eunice mommy got it okay <laughs> All right, somebody ready to answer a trivia questions? Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Gary. How are you doing? 
Well, I'm making it. Okay, one of those making it days. Some days are better than others, right? Right. <laughs> That's all right. That's right, because tomorrow is another day, and hopefully tomorrow will be better. Which <laughs> member of the family did the last plague of Egypt kill? I believe it was Pharaoh's son. That's right. Which Do you remember which member? Because it was all the way across the board. Egypt had these particular family members pass away. They were uh, the, a, particular, uh, uh, a particular sex and a particular order or position in the family. So I'm going to kind of help you get there. It wasn't the female, right? You got that part. That was the son. Well, it was, so it was the, a male. Right. And which of them in all of the families? Do you remember? And it was true of the cattle and everything else. It was I, the. I thought it was the Pharaoh's son, but that I just, is correct. I can't get that it. is correct. That's correct. But which son? Which one? Born when? The, well, it'd been the. Uh, I think the oldest son. Okay, so the firstborn of all the children of all the males of all the families in Egypt, firstborn males in every family, firstborn cattle, firstborn every, firstborn everything, they all died. That yeah. was the plague. So you were right in saying it was the firstborn son, but I was looking for the broader, like the big, you know, which family member, and that would be the firstborn. That's what I was okay. So the oldest was still right. You had it right. I was just trying to get you to say it different. Okay. <laughs> That's for the well, audience. Well, I'll keep praying for you. I appreciate that, brother, so very much. I really, really okay. do. All right. All right. Bye. Well, God bless you. All right, so that's correct. It's the firstborn. The reason that I, I bring that up is because that's what it says, the firstborn. So it's the eldest son in the families This is the, is the way to do it, which is, you know, I mean, just an entire nation where everybody's firstborn male. That's just, that would do it. <laughs> Get out, right? That would be it right there, okay? All right, let's finish this up. Uh, anything else we need to cover? We've covered everything else. Don't be mean. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, here we go. Uh, verse 13. This is the really tricky part right here. We, there's a lot of controversy on this, and, and I'm not going to tell you. It's definitely one way or another, but I find it interesting. Uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 13. This Then Simon, so we just talked about, uh, now the people believed Philip's message, let me back in verse 12, uh, of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Verse 13. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. Now this is Simon the sorcerer. Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began to follow Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the great miracles and signs Philip performed. So there's a couple of plays or a couple of approaches you guys need to be aware of. He himself believed. There's a lot of question whether that was a saving faith or not, and most people believe it was not a saving faith. He believed that it was real, some kind of power because he operated in some kind of power, and he knew he didn't have that kind of power. So he was, made people think he was fascinated. And so he was trying to figure out, he was amazed, or the, the, in the Greek it says, and wondered. And the reason is because he knew his power wasn't from God, and he knew Philip's power was from God. And so the thing that we get, the big testament you really get out of this process is that Simon the sorcerer knew the power of God prevailed because he didn't have it. 
and people were being changed. No sleight of hand. And even if, if, if Simon's, the sorcerer, had demonic connections as well, it's definitely still sleight of hand. But even if he had the demonic connection, nobody was getting, nobody was being, spirits weren't being cast out the same way. People were not being healed the same way. And Simon knew it. And he was amazed by the great miracles and the signs that Philip performed. And, the, you know, some people call into question, well, he believes, well, he must have had a faith. No, 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 no. Careful. Scripture is very, very specific. You say, you believe in God? This is the book of James. You do well. The, the demons believe and tremble. The, the demons believe in God. It's not that they question whether God exists or not. Of course they believe in God. But they don't have a relationship or a saving faith in God. They just know God is real. So there's a substantial difference between people that say to you or say to me, well, I believe there's a God. Well, Super! You and Satan can go out to breakfast. I mean, that's because that's what the reality is. That's the same thing. But a saving faith is one that is a surrendered faith. A saving faith is one that says, I believe, I yield, I acknowledge, God, you are the king. Lord Jesus, you are Lord. So the difference, and you'll hear people um, on the air and in different formats of media and communication say, I believe in God. Well, first of all, you better make sure they're believing in the same God. <laughs> that would be very helpful. And then the other part of that is it's not just a matter of believing in God, but believing that there is a God versus you know being connected to God. There's a difference between knowing of God and knowing God. And so some people, even in our audience, are out there going, Oh, I know of God. Yeah, I'm sure, sure, I'm, sure, I'm positive he's there. Okay, but in Matthew 7, 21, Jesus was very clear, and he made that he for, for on purpose. He made it very clear. He said, many will say to me, did we not do this in, in your name? Did we not do this in your name? Did we not do this in your name? Which means that in the name of Christ, they were doing many things, but they didn't know who he was. And Jesus said, I will say, depart from you. I never knew you. Depart from me. I never knew you. So it's like the idea is not just to sit there and say, well, I know that there is a God. We have to know the Lord. And there's some of you out there, and you're, you're, you're aware that God is there, but you're not aware that we all fall short. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that the wages of that falling short, the wages of that sin, is death. But there is this free gift in God through Jesus Christ our Lord. God shows us that he loves us, that while we're still far away from him, Jesus still died for him. Died for us. Sorry. And so understand that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's substantially different than saying, well, there is a God. Well, congratulations. But the idea in this is to follow the John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's not an issue of whether you think there is a God. You need to surrender to God. And there's a couple of you out there, and you are kind of grew up in the church, and you're thinking, well, i got to pass. I've been there. I've been, I saw the plate being passed. It's like, that's cool. But you have to make a personal surrendered decision and commitment to the Lord. And some of you are kind of like, what's the word I want to use? On the fence, little backslid, little part off, you know, just like, well, well, you know, I'm sure that just before he comes, I'll say sorry. 
It's like that that doesn't work that way. Hebrews makes it very clear that uh, Esau could not find the repentance he sought. Couldn't find it. God wouldn't give it to him. If you have an opportunity to surrender and to yield before the Lord, you do it because you might not have another one. You think, well, that's a scare tactic. It'd be very scary to think that my stubbornness was just going to send me to hell because I'm arrogant. That's much scarier. So my encouragement is for you to have a surrendered, honest, earnest faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the work he's done for you. And stop trying to run from God and start running to God. He's waiting for you. He's just right there for you. Call upon his name. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay? There you go. All right. So I want to make sure everybody got that. Don't want anybody to go away. So that's Simon. Now what's cool is next week we'll get into the apostles uh, coming in, and you'll find out that one of the most famous phrases in all of society actually comes from Simon Peter when he tells the other Simon where to go. I'm not even going to say anything else about that. You just read it, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Uh, quite funny, even though people are not allowed to say it. It's right there in the Bible. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Just as I am, you reach down and see Just my freedom at the cost of the sea. What else can I do? The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.